Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast. How are you doing in this moment? Oh, I just sitting down just now to record. I had this longing and it's strange because it's a longing for something that I've never experienced, but I had this longing of, I wish I was in the same room as you right now. I wish that all of us, everyone listening to this podcast right now, that we could be in the same room with each other that I could speak to you, looking you in the eye, holding your hand. I tear up right now just, just saying that I'm really missing right now physical community. Of course, you know, I have virtual community, which I am very grateful for. Very, very grateful for. I think I'm more connected than ever right now from afar. Every morning I wake up, I go live on Instagram at 9 a.m., um, we have this 30-day yoga challenge with free yoga classes on yogagirl.com. So I'm talking to so many people all day and I, I really feel like I, I am doing a good job with the virtual connections. But I, I woke up this morning with this longing for physical community. I miss the feeling of being in the Luna Shala and Island Yoga, sitting in circle you know, sitting in actual circle where we sit so tight that your your knees and your legs are rubbing up against the people next to you. And we hold hands in circle and you can just reach out and, you know, touch someone's shoulder and say, hey, I see you. I got you. I'm here. That feeling, you know, that feeling of just the feeling of that I, I took so for, I, I didn't even know how much I was taking it for granted. But the thing I used to do almost every morning is just drive to, to the yoga studio and roll out my mat in a room full of people that, you know, I don't really know. Practicing around strangers and, you know, the studio people are always coming and going, our locals blending with tourists. And I, I like to be a little incognito. I always show up late. I, I always show up at 9.29 for a 9.30 class. And I sneak in and I roll my mat out in the back. And just that feeling of looking out at the room, being close to other people, even though we're all in our own practice, you know, but knowing that we're all breathing the same breath, 
setting intentions, moving our bodies. Like, I miss that. I miss that so much. Oh, and of course, it's a privilege to, to miss those things. You know, I, I'm not missing a roof over my head right now. I am not missing a job. I still have a job. You know, we are all privileged. Our family is, is okay. And I know so many people out there in the world aren't. And I just, this longing for physical community, I, I didn't know I would feel it this intensely. I took a moment this morning where I just, yeah, let myself feel the sadness of that. So a reminder here now that whatever you are sad about today, it's okay. Yeah, I've really been able to, to anchor into that knowing of the more I process my emotion, the more of service I can be. And that's the truth. That's 100% a truth. In the beginning of this pandemic, I had a very, very hard time because I was, I really felt like my feelings weren't valid. I, who am I to complain about anything? We are so blessed with, with our specific situation here. Of course, we have fear and, and sadness and grief and all those things and big challenges that we have. But there's people out there that have it so much worse. In the first weeks of this pandemic, I felt almost sh ashamed that who am I to feel sad? Who am I to feel angry? Who am I to feel to, to grieve? You know, I'm, I'm okay. Like we, we have, we have a house. I still have some semblance of a job, you know? And, um, as I've been really processing throughout this time, really processing deep, deep, deep inside of me, really, really doing the work actually during this time, I have been able to see that truth, like to absolutely recognize that truth, that all of my feelings are valid. When I feel grief, it's real. Like it's because that grief is very real. All my feelings are valid. I'm allowed to feel the way I feel. It makes sense that I feel the way I feel. And trying to not be sad or feeling shameful about my sadness because other people are sadder, it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't serve anybody. All it does is makes me tightly wound, you know, like I have to hold everything together, even though I don't feel that way. And the more I process my feelings, the more I allow my feelings, the more of service I can be to this world, the more I can wake up in the morning and go upstairs to our makeshift office and turn the camera on and sit down and say, hey, good morning, world. Let's breathe together. Let's meditate together. Let's pick a card together. Let's talk about today's topic and theme and let's find inspiration and purpose together. <sighs> you know, and I know this free, the free practices that we have on yogagirl.com and this challenge where we're all really doing this together. I know it's served a purpose for so many people. You know, we had thousands of people immediately join in and it's been, it's been so beautiful. And I know that it's important that I'm here doing this kind of work. And for me to do this kind of work, I, <laughs> I have to do my own work, right? For me to, to serve a greater good, I have to work on myself. And if anything, for me personally, this has been one long, I feel like I'm on, I'm in a spiritual boot camp <laughs> right now. I, I said that a couple months ago. The feeling I had when I was kind of going through my burnout and everything challenging was the feeling I had was as if I was moving an, through an existential crisis, except on purpose. <laughs> and that is really the, the feeling I've brought into this pandemic, except now, yeah, it's still on purpose. I just feel like a lot of things are out of my control. I know we all feel that way. So something we can control in this moment is our ability to be here, right? 
to our to the very best extent that we that we possibly could our ability to just be here to breathe here to feel here so let's take a moment right now as you are as we are to just close the eyes to just close the eyes and then noticing in the body right now what feels tight what feels restricted what feels painful challenging and then breathe into that place whatever hurts wherever in your body you are holding emotion or holding energy right now breathe into it in through the nose full inhale Open the mouth, exhale. How are you doing right now? How are you doing right now, really? Yeah, what's the true answer reciting in your heart in this moment? And even when we're you know, collectively moving through all of this challenge, I find that we are all more vulnerable with each other than we normally are, which is a beautiful thing. But sometimes that kind of vulnerability is just overwhelming, right? We have days where we want to just, hey, I don't want to talk about how I'm feeling, right? I would rather just put on a brave face and go about my day. I'm fine. So you also might have that natural response that you come back to again and again, like I'm sad, you know, or I'm confused, or I don't know. But dropping into that place right now where you really feel into how you are in this moment. Chances are it's not the same as what it was five minutes ago. And chances are it might change five minutes from now. We don't know. All we know is this is where we are. So how are you? Whatever feeling is there, it could be a lot happening and moving inside of you at the same time. Take another breath into that place. Another breath into the heart. Another breath into the pain. Another breath into the sadness. A breath into the anger. A breath into the fear. Breathe. Breathe, breathe. And as you're holding this beautiful, loving space for yourself, because really this is a practice of self-love, self-care. Self-care has very little to do with spa days and bubble baths and everything to do with holding emotional space for ourselves, with being present with ourselves giving ourselves the space and support to process all of these really challenging things that continue to come our way. So take another breath. Open the mouth. Now placing one or both hands to your heart center. What do I need today? Ask yourself that question. What do I need today? 
So as you're holding this emotion or all of these emotions, just feeling in for a need that you have. Some sort of need, something you need help with. Something that you're longing for or craving today. Or maybe something that you're lacking that you really need to provide for yourself today. What do you need to feel a little bit more grounded, to feel a little bit more at peace, to be able to make it through this day? And then listen in for the truth of what lies in that space. Perhaps what you need today is a bit of alone time. <laughs> That's true for me. Yeah, maybe there's a something you can do or some way you can find a moment to be alone today, even if that means locking yourself in the bathroom for 30 minutes, going for a walk if you still can, go sit in the forest or by the ocean or on your balcony and meditate. Yeah, Maybe what you need today is to move, move some energy around. Perhaps what you need is to emotionally process your feelings, go scream into a pillow. Maybe what you need is to ask for help. If what you need today is to do nothing, let go of the idea of trying to be productive throughout this isolation and sit on the couch and watch a hundred episodes of whatever silly thing is on Netflix today, then do that. Yeah. Today, really give yourself permission to meet your own needs. And take a breath into that place. Notice what happens in the body when you just give yourself permission to ask for help, to give yourself what you need, to feel what you're feeling right now. Exhale it out. And blink your eyes open. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OSEAMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi. <laughs> I want to take a moment to share how I am doing right now. 
it's it's strange because I feel strangely okay and absolutely not okay at all at the very same time. I'm contemplating how much of what I'm feeling in a day is my own and how much is the collective, right? I think it's important that we're able to feel into that as much as possible. Like what of this pain that I'm feeling in really painful moments is mine right now? And what am I feeling that's part of the whole? Because one of those things maybe I can do something about and the other one I have to just sit down and pray, right? There's two levels to this where we can make sure that we do what we can in a day to meet our own needs, right? That we have this sacred spiritual practice of looking within, of moving our bodies, of being with our families, all of these things. And then at the same time, the collective pain that we're feeling right now, we cannot change. That collective fear, that collective grief over what's happening in this world, that is what it is. And in, about that, for me, the only thing that works to ease or to, yeah, to, to breathe a little bit of space into that feeling of just collective despair that I feel heavy on my heart sometimes is to sit down, look up at the sky and ask for divine help. Yeah, it's that letting go of, of thinking that I have any semblance of control, right? Like thinking there's something I can do to fix something or change something. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I really can't. I can I can do what I can for myself, for my family. I can try to be of service in my community. But when it comes to stopping this suffering on a global scale, I can't I can't do anything about that. But what I can do is is pray. So I'm doing that a lot. How am I feeling? I feel very vulnerable today and yesterday. We have a full moon in Libra right now. It's a pink rose moon. I'm a Libra. That's my sun sign. So I think I feel everything very heightened, very intensely. I'm crying a lot these days. Absolutely. And I've been having some really major, major realizations and epiphanies around my own pain, around my own wounds and traumas and and I'm, I'm actually wondering who else is having that same experience because I am able to connect the dots right now so much in terms of the journey that I've been on over the past two years, which has been this feeling of this long, dark night of the soul, um, this burnout and how sick I was. And then somehow it let me, led me to this unbelievable blessing of having 2020 without, without work, you know, knowing that that's, that's the reason I can... I can even sit here probably right now and that we still have a business, that I'm not in absolute panic because I lost everything I had. It's like that burnout was a blessing because, yeah, that allows me to be here. So I'm just really seeing how purposeful a lot of the agony and pain that I went through over the past two years has been. And it's also been that process of unraveling what's inside of me. Right? Because I, I've, I've realized that I have done, I have done so much inner work, and done, you know, so many groups and retreats and, and path of loves and, uh, you know, so much, and and I got to a place I think where I thought like, mm, I have done more work than most people have, so I'm kind of done, <laughs> you know. I I became a little conceited, a little arrogant actually around my own, my own inner space. I think because I was constantly putting myself in that position of a teacher, right, of a leader, of 
I const I was constantly guiding people through this kind of processes, like through heart healing and heart opening, and and that's that's really been my job for so many years. That I I stopped being a student for a while. That's been one of the realizations that I've had is that I think maybe it was too much for me to actually hold some of the heavy things still in my heart while helping other people hold theirs, you know, while holding space for other people to move through their own journey that I, I couldn't do both at the same time, or maybe I was trying to distract myself, making sure I couldn't do both at the same time. Also, my life has always been so busy, right? The moments in my life that I can look back and really see some massive, massive, massive uh, change, transformation, huge moments of letting go, they've never happened, you know, in happy times. They've never happened during those times of my life where everything's been butterflies and rainbows and I'm just, everything's fine, right? It's always during moments of extreme heartache. When I've lost a loved one, you know, when I've been through some sort of upheaval or separation or experienced some sort of abandonment, like it's been all in those moments of crises and trauma that have led to to those big big moments of transformation. And I'm really contemplating that right now because it's a, it's a, there's a duality to that for me because I also thrive in moments of crises. <laughs> I have realized this. I, I started therapy. You guys know, I, I talk about that a lot. I can't even remember. Was it a year ago or six months ago? <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. I don't know. But I have been in weekly sessions with a therapist for a long time. Okay, that's not a long time on the scope of like a life. But for me, long enough that I, f I feel like I'm really experiencing some big moments of, of, of transformation for sure. And what I'm realizing is uh, the biggest epiphany that I've had this week has been that there are layers to the wounds that I have from my past. I, I used to think one big one that I had was, was this, this thing inside of me that pushes me to keep going, right? Like I have this, this, this drive inside that keeps me moving all the time. This, this voice inside that tells me you have to work harder. It's that voice that tells me no matter how hard I work, actually, I'll never be enough. You know, I can always work a little bit harder. I can always give a little bit more of myself. You know, I will work to the point of literal exhaustion, to the point of my body giving up and getting sick. I, I'll never cancel. I'll, I'll never stop. Right? I've spent years working nonstop, morning to evening, thinking that that's totally normal. Like, you know, how many things have I missed over the past decade? You know, parties and celebrations and moments with our friends and with my husband and, you know, and it's just been this natural thing that I miss out on those things because I'm working. I have things to do, right? I'm writing a book. I'm recording 15 podcasts. I'm leading this this team. I'm starting new nonprofits. I'm building a new platform. I'm launching a clothing line. I'm da 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 da. Gazillion things that I've just that I've just done and I've lived in that space of this is normal. But I'm realizing now that it's not normal. <laughs> not everybody lives that way. There are people out there who know how to take a vacation and actually enjoy that, right? And actually be still. And not just that, there's a difference between working hard because you're passionate and you love to work and working hard because what drives you to work so hard all the time is something that's broken, right? So that was my epiphany last year in terms of like the drive that's inside of me that keeps me going. It's the same voice I'm experiencing now during, during isolation when I'm on the couch with my 
with my husband and my daughter and there's a voice inside of me that tells me, get up, get up, get up. Can't just sit here all day. Like, Jesus Christ, get off the couch, do something, clean the house, redecorate something, paint something, fix something that's broken, go into the garden. At the very least, like cook something, bake something, do something. I am faced with the 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 rash that like harshness of that voice right now because all of the regular distractions that kept me from from hearing that voice very clearly they've all been cut away when i'm leading a group of 55 people through a teacher training you know i have huge commitments every single day all day so that get up keep going keep going it's just an automatic like i have to do it because that's it's work right i'm in the middle of it and then i would have moments between groups and I would have things to do, catching up on all the work I missed when I was in a group, right? So it's like I'm justifying all the time. Go, go, go. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Morning to night. And now, you know, so much of that has been cut away. I don't have that kind of work schedule. I don't have that kind of pressure, those kinds of commitment at all. So now I'm really faced with the fact that that voice is still there, even though there is nothing work-wise that I have to get up and do. That voice tells me other things, you know, it's that, that voice that keeps me from being able to just sit on the couch and watch a movie. Like I, I can't, that's not, <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous. Like I feel almost ashamed saying that, but the layers to this that I realized is that that drive that I really thought was, okay, it's, it's because I had these traumas and these wounds where I was little, when I was little, where I really thought that I was, I was the one in charge of the family, right? It was my job to keep everyone together, to keep everyone alive to make sure that we were safe to, to, you know, if like, if I don't steer the ship, the ship will sink like that feeling and that it's left in me this drive to, I have to keep performing and succeeding and creating because that's my worth. I have a, a podcast episode called what matters is who you are, not what you do. And that was another realization that I had of that's what I'm looking for. I have lived my life thinking that my worth is in what I do when actually I don't have to do anything to be worthy of love. I don't have to create or produce or succeed at anything, but my worth is just in who I am. So, and I sat with that epiphany, that realization for a long time. I, I wrote that sentence out a million times, really like my worth is in who I am, not what I do. What matters is who I am, not what I do. And I've really been, you know, like that's my wound, right? That I've been confused about that since I was little. And now <laughs> I realized that there's, a layer to that wound. That's one layer. That's the first layer. You know, I think that if I succeed and produce, then everybody will love me, right? Then my worth is in what I create. And then I have to keep creating or I'm not lovable. Actually, <laughs> there's a layer to that wound. If I go one step deeper, and I had this realization mid-therapy session just this week, if I go one step deeper to that, it's not just that I think I have to keep doing and driving and I have so much fire and go, go, go and I don't know how to be quiet and I'm burning out and I, it's hard for me to relax and all these things. But I don't feel safe when it's quiet. It doesn't feel safe for me to relax. And, and, and I really, when I, when I had that, that realization, literally mid-therapy of, I was sharing the story with my therapist of, this was a couple days ago, you know, I'm home with a toddler, three years old. We are very blessed with her because she's a Pisces. She is so quiet, right? She plays alone. She has imaginary friends, tells stories. 
she's not like a crazy active wild kid where you know she needs to be outside and run for hours at a day uh, like she'll spend two hours in the bath without toys just talking to herself like she's really really like a true Pisces so we are very blessed in that sense but of course 24 7 without a break without even the ability to like leave her for five minutes we are starting to climb the walls here yeah like running out of things to do things ways to entertain her keep her busy I'm trying to get creative every day but it's getting hard and there are some days that are harder than others and I, I was sharing with my therapist that I had this day of of just realizing that when I'm doing things then I feel fine so that's why I am baking. I am baking like I have a bake shop here. Like I could, <laughs> I think right now in our kitchen, we have like two two big things of cinnamon rolls. I have like a ginger spice cake. We have chocolate chip cookies, blueberry muffins, chocolate cupcakes, sourdough bread that's proofing or, or dough that's proofing. Like there's scones downstairs. I made pancakes this morning. I am baking my way through this quarantine right? I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you have seen me bake and cook my way through this quarantine. And I realized that uh, baking and cooking, you know, it was something that I really deemed as like, that's what I do to relax. That's such a treat. You know, it's such a calm and quieting thing. And it is, it is part of my self-care practice. It's really good that I'm baking and cooking and that I'm not like looking over balance sheets and like trying to start a new business right now or freaking out about, you know, that I'm not work working like that. But at the same time, I'm kind of kidding myself. <laughs> and when I'm baking and cooking with my daughter, which is really fun and she participates and we do it together and we're spending time together, I am also creating, right? I am producing something. There is something that I've produced and done at the end of that. Like I'm feeding my family. I feel purposeful. I feel useful, right? I baked something delicious and beautiful. I feel purposeful. I feel like I did something, you know, it's like that mental checklist of, okay, I'm doing, I'm still immersed all day long in doing, right? It's just, I've changed the doing from high intensity job and commitments to things I am doing around the house, but it's still that kind of frazzled energy of not being still. And I'm sharing this with my therapist that, that I can do those things and I can be in the garden with my daughter and, you know, we play like cleanup games or we're even painting or sculpting something or playing with clay or play-doh like all the things where I'm creating I feel fine we spent 30 minutes building a fort in the living room uh like 30 minutes like building this elaborate fort and it was so fun and exciting and she loved it and then you know she wanted to decorate it and put pillows inside and da -da -da. and then when we were done she goes okay mama come inside now we go in the fort and I go in the fort and then we're just sitting there <laughs> and I go um, so what are we going to do now? She says, no, mama, now we're in the fort. <laughs> and I go, okay, but like, what do you want to do in the fort? She says, no, mama, we're, we're just in the fort. Oh, okay. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. My daughter is totally content, just sitting there, enjoying her moment in the fort. It's like, of course, for her, we're building the fort so that we can enjoy the experience of being in the fort. I was in that fort for two minutes and then like, I, I can't, I cannot sit still. And I get, I get immediately bored, you know, and I'm like, hey, but um, okay. So, and I look at my clock and I'm like, okay, well, it's like 5.30. I have to have dinner ready by six. So maybe it's time, like I start cooking now and, you know, and I get up and I leave the fort and Leah goes, mama, come back to the fort. And I said, but mama has to make dinner. No, it's quiet time now. Come back. And she makes me go back in the fort and I'm sitting there and I'm just 
so uncomfortable sitting in this fort, you know, and I feel like I'm forcing myself to sit in the fort. And I spent like another three minutes in the fort. And then, okay, I got to make dinner now. Okay, I love you. And I go downstairs and then I cook and then I feel okay again. <laughs> and this is just like a small, like day, day-to-day example, but I was sharing this with my therapist and I just cried. I just, it touched me so much when I was contemplating and reflecting on this afterward. It's like, what kind of person am I that I can't spend five minutes sitting in a fort that I spent 30 minutes building? Like, what kind of a mother am I? What kind of a human being am I that I can, that I can only move, that I can only be in motion and, and be producing and creating and, and doing, right? But when it comes to the being, I have no idea. I have no idea how to do that. For me, it's like the yoga and meditation practices that I have, that I have in my daily life. They're, they're not optional, right? I cannot, there's no version of my life where I don't have those disciplined practices because if I didn't have them, I would burn off the face of the earth. Like I would just spin off into space. Those things are non-negotiables for me, right? It's not like I'm enjoying my yoga and meditation practice. I have to have it. I can't even imagine what kind of person I would be without them. But I was sharing this with my therapist, just crying, just like, and then she really helped to just guide me in that moment. Like, hey, what are you touching on right now? Like, what is this feeling that, that touches you so deeply? And I just, I just, I just, I, I think there is a version of me that can be still, right? I don't think I was born into this, into this kind of doing, being, having to be in motion all the time. I think there is a version of me that can sit still in a fort with her daughter, a person of like a version of me that can just be quiet that can just sit in the bath and enjoy that that can just be right and what i really came to is that when i was little it wasn't safe for me to just be i can't remember uh, even when i like really look back and really you know contemplate it and go be and breathe with it I can't remember quiet moments where everything was safe. Moments where we weren't constantly moving or where I had a new stepdad or new step-siblings or a new house or a new family constellation or a new divorce, new separation. Like I have, I cannot remember that feeling of just being held, right? Like if I felt like that, that knowing that I would, someone would be there to pick me up. And I think I have that that big, big, big childhood wound of just not feeling safe, right? Of not feeling like it's not safe to settle in one place and to relax. Because any moment, any moment, this family will, will have changed again. Any moment, I'm going to lose someone, you know. Any moment, like, like my parents separating when I was two and a half, and then my new stepdad dying, and then my mom trying to commit suicide, and then the several stepdads and stepmoms I saw after that, and, and, and they all left in the end, you know, like when I look back at my childhood from like two years old to 18, every two years or every year, there was another loss, another separation, another dra- trauma, another new family constellation. Like when in my childhood, what, was it just safe to relax, right? I, I, it never was. So that's the, the feeling, that's the underlying, that the deeper layer to that wound that I have explored now recently is it's it's not just that I'm, I that I'm confused around you know what matters is 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 what I do, not who I am. It's not just that, but it's underneath that. It's just I have never been in a space where it was just safe for me to relax. I don't know what that's like, and I have a daughter now who was born into that. 
right? And that's the beauty of this. It's like having this lifetime of working through these wounds. And we all have childhood wounds. We all have traumas. I don't feel resentment around anything from my parents or their, you know, their parents and the parents before them. Like we all grew up in these kinds of circumstances. And somehow now through like grace of God, I have found myself in a place where my my daughter was born into a different scenario. Like she was born into a place where it is safe to relax, right? Where everything, she knows where everything is, where her family constellation is the only one she's ever known, where it's quiet, where she only knows one house, one mom, one dad who love her immensely, right? Where, where we haven't had any traumas. Like, thank God. I feel like I have to knock on wood, but no crises. Like, you know, she has had that that beautiful safety in her life. And she knows how to be still. Not only that, like she's had those circumstances, but in her, she has that undeniable quality of just being here. Like more than I've seen in any kid. Like it's it's bizarre, really. She's three years old. We can go to the beach and she will spend 45 minutes sitting at the same spot on her towel, watching the waves roll in. Like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of child I was blessed with and I can't sit in the damn fort for two minutes, right? So it's this beautiful, just like realization of, of course, she's my greatest teacher. Of course, everything I'm, I have left to learn in this lifetime, like I, I can see that in her and she's teaching me things every single day. But it, it hurt me so much to have that realization there in therapy and I was just falling over it like I want to be the kind of mother the kind of person the kind of like wife the kind of human being who can be still right who can be truly still and not just practice being in stillness which is what I'm doing when I'm on my yoga mat and when I'm in meditation I'm practicing it right I want to be it (laughs) I want to be and I think there is a version of me deep inside that knows how to be and I feel this tremendous sense of loss. Um, and, and it's really triggered in me watching my daughter, you know, as she is, this part of me that didn't receive that, right? And it's not that there's like anyone to blame or anything like that, but it's just I, I'm sensing this loss that, that maybe I haven't had the time to grieve my entire life. And my life has been so busy for as long as I can remember. I have been busy. I'm always busy. Like ask anyone who knows me, there's not a moment when I'm not busy doing something. Like we can have a party here that's just meant for everyone to relax. Like I'm not the one at my own party sitting down, talking to people, enjoying it. Like I'm the one refilling the bowls and making sure everyone has something to drink and cleaning up things as I go. And, you know, like I'm just in constant motion. That's who I am. And realizing now that it's not just that I'm confused thinking that I have to create to be worthy, but that actually No one ever taught me how to be still. How would I know? It's like everything makes sense. How would I, how would I have that in me if I never saw it, if I never learned it, if I never got to be in it when I was little? And now with this pandemic, having had every single distraction removed from my life, everything that I said before was, I'm too busy, I can't, right? I don't have time to. All of that has been cut away from my life, all of it. And here I am at home in stillness or with the potential of being in stillness, no distractions, literally nothing to do. And I am faced with this, like really the harshness of it. Like I can't even sit in the fort. (laughs) 
And I think if I hadn't had these past two years of, of everything unfolding exactly the way it did, starting to learn these things about myself, starting therapy, asking for help, like really, all of that led me to this place where now I have the ability to, to do this kind of work in a way that I never had before. So after I had that session with her, you know, and, and it's almost like I got to, to sit with my inner child for a moment and grieve the loss that, that I had as a child that I didn't feel safe. And then witnessing that in my daughter every day, the potential and the possibility and, and knowing that when I mother her the way I do now, I'm also mothering myself in a way. And after that session in the afternoon, I was in the pool with my daughter and I was, I've been since that session, I've been feeling really fragile, really close to tears, really close to my heart, actually, in a good way. And we're in the pool and I was just taking a moment to, to, to witness myself. We had that, that practice of just, okay, what if I just let myself be here? So normally when we're in the pool, we're playing, like we, we play wildly, we're jumping off the edge and we're, you know, doing crazy things or we're doing swim drills with her and like we're moving, moving, moving. And then there's always a moment where like, okay, I'm done. I get to a place where I'm just done. Like we've been in the pool long enough. She's never done. Right. And for me, it's usually like the 20 or 30 minute mark. Like that's a lot. And then I had that reaction. Okay, I'm done. And I just, I look over toward the house. Okay, we got to go shower now or take, take a bath and, and, you know, move on with our day. And instead of acting on it, I just stayed. It was really bizarre. Just realizing how, how, how quick I am to just act immediately. I have that re reaction of, okay, time, we're done. And then I get out of the pool. And now I was just like, okay, I have that feeling now. I feel done. What, where did that come from? Hmm. I, I feel bored now. Okay, we've, we've done this enough. I have that feeling like I have to go in and start chopping vegetables for dinner. Okay, maybe the vegetables can wait another 20 minutes, right? Like, it's okay if we eat a little later today. And I just allowed myself to kind of explore that feeling of I'm done. I want to move. I want to get out. Let's do something else, right? And my daughter is so content. She's just swimming, just jumping. She loves being with me so much, right? So I just stayed there. It was really bizarre. Maybe it doesn't sound weird, but for me, it was really bizarre. And I just took a breath and I, and I allowed myself to be with that feeling of, I got to go, get up. But I didn't get up. And it was, <laughs> it was almost like, like the feeling was, it was like a cool rush of water inside of my body or in my nervous system. And I just decided to stay anyway, to witness that. And I recognized that, oh, there's a discomfort here. I'm just sitting still right now on the edge of the pool, just sitting here. My daughter's just sitting next to me and she's so content just being there. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. I feel bored. I feel jittery. I feel nervous. All these things I'm feeling and I'm just in the pool with my kid, right? There's nothing crazy happening. There's nothing like, you know, like nothing magic, magically shifted in our reality. It's just within me. All of a sudden I got bored and I feel like I got to move. So I sat there. And I sat there and I sat there and I sat there and it became almost like, yeah, it, it became, it, it became like a spiritual practice of, of nothing. <laughs> I don't, don't know how, to, how else to describe it. Residing in that place of nothingness. It's like the practice that I do sometimes with breath work when we expand the spaces between the breaths, the little moments of silence between the inhale and the exhale, that whole long moment. And it was probably 20 minutes or maybe more 
that I just stayed there, even though I didn't want to stay. And even though, you know, I had that urge to go and do and move and, and I could witness the urge and still stay in the being somehow. It was very uncomfortable, but also really beautiful, super, super strange experience for me to just be there in the nothing, you know. And then what do you know? 20 minutes later, my daughter goes, hey, mama, I'm cold. Can we go to the bath? Yes, yes, we can go to the bath. Okay, yes. <laughs> then we got out of the pool. She took a bath. I showered and then I went to chop the vegetables and cried into my cooking as I do every day. And and then we had a moment at the end of, after her bath, like at the end of the day where like Dennis was dancing with her in the kitchen. She loves to be held like a baby these days. She like loves to like ask about when she was a baby and she wants to see pictures of when she was in my belly and she's in that kind of phase. And he's dancing at her with her. Like we always have Billie Holiday playing in the evenings. That's like our go-to music. And then she goes, mama, can you hold me? And then I'm holding her. And then Dennis came and hugged me. And then for just a long time, we just stood there. <laughs> I could cry just sharing that experience now. Just standing there in the kitchen, holding each other, you know, with her little heart beating between our big hearts on either side of her, just quietly, you know, holding each other, dancing in the kitchen. <sighs> and I could be there. You know what I mean? I could really be there. And of course, I have moments in my life where I'm here, where I'm loving, where I'm appreciating this beautiful life, where I'm present. But just recognizing how often I'm quick to go, to move, to do something more productive, how much I've missed out on in my life because I act on that so quickly. And I think it wasn't until I could actually realize and recognize the underlying pain or the underlying wound, right? Which is that feeling of not being safe. And it was like I could take a deep breath into just honoring that. Like, yeah, it makes sense that it's hard for me to be still. Okay, so how about we practice that now? How about we really sit with that now? How about I allow my daughter to be the teacher that she actually is for me? And how about I listen to her a little bit more? So that is my, my big takeaways so far from this isolation, the inner work that I'm doing and this practice that I'm very immersed in right now, which is noticing within myself when, when that feeling of boredom arrives, when that feeling of, mm-mm, gotta get up, and then I'm witnessing it, allowing it, and allowing myself to stay anyway. It's kind of like you're in that hard, challenging hip opener in your yoga practice, like you're in pigeon pose, but you've been there too long. You know what I mean? And it's like you take one more breath. And then you take one more breath. And you just take that next breath. It's like Anna in Frozen 2. You just do the next right thing, right? You just stay where you are with everything you've been given in this moment and you take one more breath you can just take the step you're taking right now so thank you for listening to me sharing my my experience of this time and um i think the way through really and we're in two different places here so some of us are privileged enough that we don't have to worry right now how we're going to feed our kids right that's a privileged place to be knowing that we have a roof over our heads if you don't right if you're not stable or secure in that sense 
the only thing you have to worry about right now is yourself, right? And if you feel like you have space in your life for these kinds of, of, of practices, this kind of inner work, the self-inquiry, you know, the yoga, the meditation, if there's space for that, absolutely do as much of it as you can. But if there's no space for that in your life right now and you're listening to this podcast driving somewhere or while taking care of your kids or, you know, that's okay. Like you are doing the best you can. If you are in a place right now where you feel some sort of stability, right? Yes, we are all fearful. Yes, we are all super worried. We're all grieving. But yeah, if you're you're in that, that you know, material sense, you have your basic needs met then this is that absolutely unbelievably important opportunity to look inside, to do this kind of inner work. Because what I think is that the, the, the new world that we'll see it after this, because I don't think that we will have a return to normal. Actually, I hope we won't have a return to normal. There has to be some kind of rebirth, something positive that comes out on the other end of this where we don't return to those regular ways where we were destroying our very own planet, where there is something that comes out of this that makes us feel more connected, that brings us back to what's truly important, where we're all growing our own foods and spending undisturbed time with our kids and appreciating that closeness that we are forced into right now, where we value that human connection more than we value the, the dollar, and I think the way to get there is for each of us to use this time, if we can, to heal, to look at everything we're feeling right now, not as just a new emotion, right? It's new fear, new grief, new pain, but also looking at what is triggered inside of me that's old, like me and this absolute fear that I feel of not being safe. It's because I never felt safe, you guys. <laughs> I haven't had a day in my life where I felt like it was safe for me to relax. And it led me to this crazy life, this crazy burnout. It's also served me, sure, because I'm productive as hell. I can create anything. I can pull miracles out of my ass when I have to. I can move mountains, right? It also, it's also served me. But it's made me into a person that doesn't know how to sit still in a fort with her daughter. And I really want to be the kind of person who can be still in a fort. That's my life goal. <laughs> my life goal is to not just build the fort, but to be in the fort, to enjoy the being, right? And I can take this time right now to look at that, to ask those hard questions, to feel the hard feelings when grief comes my way, to breathe into that and cry for my inner child that didn't have all of those things. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, you know, what's really going to help create this new kind of world that we're all entering into. If all of us have a little more wholeness inside, if we feel a little safer inside of ourselves, if we feel more at peace inside of ourselves, we will have an easier time creating that peace around us. So not just going about this change that we all want to see from that societal level of structure and politics. And yes, we all got to be out there and do the activism and be of service. Hell yes. But it's crucial that you take care of this inner pain, that you take care of your own inner child, that you look at your own trauma, your own wounds, your own conditioning, really that you do your own healing work. 
And if you find yourself now suddenly kind of thrust into this new reality where you're contemplating everything, just like me, where you're like, wait, how did I end up here? All of these things happening in my life in this way, all of these relationships changing, all of this stuff being triggered. It's like, what if there is a divine path and you're on it right now? What if this is all happening in this divine order so that you can be here right now, listening to these words, feeling into your own heart? What if all of this is happening for you right now? There's an opportunity here. Take it. Let's take a deep breath in. And out. If you would like to join me on this inner work every single morning, 9 a.m. EST, I am live on Instagram. Um, talking about our theme of the day. We have 30 days of free yoga happening on yogagirl.com. You go to yogagirl.com, create a free account. With your free account, you get a new yoga class every day. And every day we have a journaling prompt to help us to help us on this journey. Today we had a, a big, big exercise on the inner critic and the inner best friend. All of the lives are saved on my Facebook page. You can go to Yoga Girl on Facebook to find all of the old videos if you haven't seen the lives yet. All the yoga classes are on yogagirl.com for free and the journaling prompts you can find on my Instagram in a highlight right there. And if you need help with anything, please ask. I think the more we stay immersed in community, the more we talk to other people, the more we speak our feelings out loud, the more we're going to feel whole throughout also the hardest days. Just being reminded again and again that we are not alone. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me, for doing this inner work, for being this important part of the whole. I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. And remember, you have made it through all of your hardest days. You have survived all of your hardest days. We're still here. Keep going. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast. You can find them all on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>